7 to 8 p.m. Sport on with Tabiso Musia. Thank you very much, Greg, and good evening, everybody. Welcome to the show. I am Tabiso Musia. Luyolom Kalipi is producing, and Baba Olam Duma is in technical with us this evening, and Debucho Khadebe on social media. It was a dramatic day in court in the eligibility case of Tendai Ndoro. The PSL is claiming victory today after Ike's withdrew its application to interdict the start of the new season. It came moments after Judge Denise Fisher had granted the PSL leave to appeal her ruling, which had reinstated Ike's back to 15th place of last season's standings. You'll remember that they had told us that they have a four-pronged attack plan, but a few minutes after withdrawing their interdict, they also withdrew their Section 18 application, which was aimed at making sure that Judge Fisher's ruling stays while they await the hearing of the PSL and the outcome of the PSL appeal. So as things stand, the league will start on the 4th of August as scheduled. That's as things stand now at six minutes past seven this Thursday. However, the PSL appeal still has to be heard by a full bench of judges and we're waiting to see if it will be heard before the 4th of August, which is the start of the league, because that could still throw a spanner in the works then. So we will speak to SABC Sports reporter Asifiso Ramara, who was in court today, just to get more clarity and to understand if the PSL is right to claim a victory today. We've been previously told by Ajax that they could still go all the way to CAS, that's the Court of Arbitration for Sport. I'm not sure if that's still the case because they have uh, scheduled a press conference for tomorrow at midday. And then after this, and then there's also still the matter of FIFA, of course, because this matter was initially referred to FIFA, but the PSL decided uh, to appeal at that ruling. So we're not sure if they'll still go to FIFA because uh, somebody seems to be avoiding going to FIFA. And um, they've said that they, they could go to CAS, but after what happened today, we don't know if that's still the case. And we'll get more clarity from uh, Mr. Sefiso Ramara of SABC Sport. Then after this Ndoro matter, we'll talk about the business of sport with a man who has written a thesis on this and we'll focus mainly on the business of professional football in South African and African football. Uh, Dr. Mwekezi Musola here has written a thesis and uh, the title of it is The Business of Sport Towards a Viable Business Model for the Management of Professional Football in America, in Africa rather, excuse me, and we will get more info on this and I, I really want to bring it uh, back home because he's done research on some interesting aspects and, and, and topics that affect us here in South Africa, the broadcast rights, um, the lack of uh, attendance at stadiums, the revenues, how st- clubs are struggling to get revenues and all sorts. So we'll get more uh, from him when we speak to him after this Ajax Cape Town saga. But up next, we'll speak to Sifiso Ramara. And we want to celebrate him. And then we take his entire lifetime commitment of 67 years. We want to reduce it to 67 minutes where celebrities and high-ranking officials don on new overalls and pose for media pictures. That is not the legacy of Mandela. It is finding the Mandela within yourself, understanding that we have an obligation to serve. Jay Naidu, of course, founding General Secretary of Kasati, someone who was in Nelson Mandela's cabinet. SAFM Sunrise. A vivid start to your day. Leading sport stories of the day on SAFM. You're always welcome to join the conversation at any time on 0891-104-207 or SMS-40938 or WhatsApp number 0614104107 and it's hashtag SAFM Sport On on social media. Sfiso Ramara joins us on the line. Good evening, sir, and thank you for joining us on SAFM. 
good evening, Tabiso, and good evening to your listeners. Are you <laughs> not tired of this court case now, Sifiso Ramara? How many times have you been in court, my friend? My brother, I'm, I'm, I'm very exhausted now. I've been to court, I think, uh, eight times uh, in the past five months. I'm very exhausted. Hopefully, what transpired uh, in court today, you know, uh, maybe it's an indication that uh, we are uh, maybe about to close this uh, matter because uh, I decided to withdraw Mm-hmm. two of their cases that they wanted to pursue. I mean, the matter has been dragging for the past five months. We've gone back and forth, and I think that's unacceptable, you know, uh, in, 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 in South African football. I mean, we just watched uh, the World Cup concluding, and uh, a lot of uh, uh, people, I mean, are, uh, you know, looking in anticipation for the beginning of the new season. Mm-hmm. Hopefully, you know, what, what came out of uh, court today uh, to say the league will resume as scheduled on the 4th. Surely that came as a big relief to a lot of people. And I hope it stays like that for months to come. And it sure has. I've seen the reaction on social media. People just want the football to start without any drama now. The PSL is claiming victory today, Sufisora Mara. Are they right to claim victory after what happened? You know, if 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 you go back and see how this whole thing um uh, started unfolding. I mean, um, it all started with, with, with the DRC that cleared Ndoro to play. From there, um, the PSL appealed against that decision. So it goes to arbitration uh, level. So if you follow closely uh, the way things um, were, were, were unfolding, you know, um, the first arbitrator, arbitrator to sit on this case was... Uh, uh, senior counsel uh, Kasim, who um, obviously uh, uh, ruled against uh, the decision of, of, of the DRC. And uh, Ajax Cape Town, from the word go, they were not happy with uh, that outcome. They went to court. That was the first time they went to court. And uh, in court, it was found that um, the arbitration, they did not have a jurisdiction to rule on the matter. <coughs> The judge referred the matter to FIFA, but we all know what happened at FIFA level. Yes. FIFA referred the matter back to South Africa to say, you've got capable structures that can resolve this particular problem. That's when it went to arbitration for a second time. And this time, it was uh, arbitrator Mukari who uh, went a step further, not only finding I guilty of using an improperly uh, registered player, but docked points from uh, uh, Ajax Cape Town. Uh, we all know that Ajax finished uh, 15th. They ended up being docked uh, seven points, uh, which led them to be uh, automatically relegated at the end of the season. And that made Ajax very, very unhappy. They pursued the matter. They went to court. We've been to court several times. Like I said, uh, when I started that, we've been sent uh, back and forth. But uh, that's the question I asked that uh, PSL legal representative Dennis Sibui to say, is this victory for the PSL? Mm. Because remember, initially um, the PSL appealed against uh, Judge uh, Dennis Fisher's findings that uh, Ajax should be reinstated to 15th uh, spot on the log. PSL appealed against the decision. And Judge Fisher today 
granted PSL leave to appeal on that particular matter. So that was victory number one for the PSL. The second sitting that we went to, uh, I'm referring to the second court case. Today. Yeah, we appeared before Judge, I think it's Fenuel Mudaw. Uh, IX, remember, they uh, had applied for an urgent interdict to stop the league from uh, taking place or starting on the 4th. Then uh, when the case started, Norman Arense requested an adjournment of about 10 minutes. The judge was not very impressed, but he granted that. Immediately after 10 minutes, when we went back to court, then we were all surprised. IX, they withdrew that uh, agent interdict to stop uh, the leak from uh, happening uh, next week, uh, Saturday. So that was victory number two for the PSL. Thirdly, there was this uh, Section 80 thing that IX wanted to invoke. Uh, IX uh, wanted, they went, we went back to uh, Dennis Fisher, where the whole thing started. IX wanted... Uh, the ruling of Dennis Fisher to be upheld pending the outcome of the appeal. Because remember, this case, PSL, has been granted the, 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 the right to, to appeal that case. Yes. So the IXCA, they wanted uh, to invoke Section 18 to say Dennis Fisher's ruling should still hold pending the outcome of the appeal. But for a third time now, they also withdrew that. So I think there was three victories for the PSL overall today in court. You usually speak to Ice Cape Town after these court cases and you send us clips here on SABC as sport. But I've got a, it looks like you weren't able to speak to Ajax uh, this afternoon. Did they give reasons why they didn't want to speak and why they withdrew uh, those, these applications? I approached Mr. Norman Arens, a senior counsel, who is uh, the, the guy representing uh, I escaped town on this matter from from the way to go. Uh, immediately after the state case was was withdrawn, Norman, remember, he hasn't spoken since this whole thing started. I approached him. I asked if he's in a position to talk. He said, no, no ways, because we were still going for, uh, to Dennis Fisher for the second time for the withdrawal of the state case. I even spoke to the CEO of the club, Ari Estatio. He said uh, he will only speak after the ruling of 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 uh, the third case by uh, Judge Fisher, but it never happened. I mean, when when the third case was concluded, uh, the media we all rushed uh, outside. I mean, at the entrance of the court, that's where we normally do our interviews. I mean, uh, Mr. Estadio has been uh, very cooperative since this whole case started, but today, for some odd reason, I don't, I don't know what happened. He never granted the, the interview. Because we were focusing on the PSL, Tennessee. When we finished, I tried to find out where's Ajax, and I was told they were already gone. But like you said uh, earlier in your introduction, that uh, they've got a media briefing tomorrow uh, at noon. So it's uh, it's a wait and see approach. I mean, uh, to find out exactly what they are planning to do. I mean, surely that will be their next move as a, as a club to try and get to the bottom of this whole thing. Now, Sfisora Mara, the PSL, as you've mentioned, have been given a leave to appeal. When will this be heard? Because we are told that the league will start as scheduled on the 4th of August. Is there any idea when this will be heard? 
Well, uh, according to the response we got from uh, Dennis Sibui, who was a PSL legal representative, he said they have already approached the the Dutch president, if I'm not mistaken, that's how he, he put it, to try and expedite uh, the, the, the matter. So uh, I think everyone realizes that uh, we no longer have time, you know, to, to wait for this thing to, to, to finish, but it must be uh, concluded as soon as possible. So the uh, president judge has to appoint three judges uh, going back at the Johannesburg High Court who will sit and decide uh, on the matter. So it's not clear, you know, how how long this process will take, but uh, the PSL, they say they have already appra- approached uh, the president judge to make sure that they get this matter finalized uh, as soon as possible. So as things stand now, the ruling that is valid, that is valid according to what you're saying is that of uh, Advocate William Mukari, who had relegated Ajax. Because that the PSL has been given leave to appeal, the ruling of Judge Fisher has been suspended. Is that correct? Yes. Uh, you know, from, from uh, the facts, uh, the way they are now, the league will resume on the 4th, and Ajax, they won't be part of, of, of the new uh, league. Then it means... Uh, you know, things are the way they are, uh, pending the outcome of, of, of the appeal. And uh, I'm afraid if, if, if the appeal uh, goes the other way, then it means it's back to square one uh, with this whole thing after dragging for five months. But I don't, to be honest with you, I don't see uh, that thing happening. I mean, I think that's one of the reasons for IX to withdraw their cases because I think they have uh, sat down, looked at you know, the nitty-gritties of the whole case, and they've realized that uh, this is not a winnable case, but uh, it's not for me to say, you know, uh, they don't have to pursue it because they've got all the rights to, to, to pursue it, and I suspect their next move will be the Court of Arbitration for Sport in Switzerland. What happens if the PSL lose their appeal? Does it mean Ajax go back to 15th place and then the playoffs must be replayed? I'm afraid it's going to be like that because uh, I I listened to to, to, uh, Judge Dennis Fisher and I looked at the ruling that he made a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, basically, Ajax will be reinstated to 15th spot and it means uh, Platinum Stars, they finished 16th and they get relegated automatically, which means Ajax, where the, uh, the club that was supposed to play in the in the playoffs, so it means uh, the whole process we're going to start from scratch. But it could be a mess if it happens during the season. Then it's gonna be a a very big uh, problem. I mean, like I said, this thing has been taking for 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 five months. Uh, you know that's why FIFA, uh, Tabi. So uh, you and me, we know that uh, they don't like footballing matters to be taken to, to the court of law because they believe they are avenues enough to resolve whatever issues are there in football. But with the court of law, I mean, courts of laws, they deal with everything that you can think of. So some of these footballing matters that you take to, to court, uh, court, they don't look them as, as, as agent. Because I remember the, the when, when Ajax went to court to try and... Um, convinced the judge to allow Ndoro to play, I think, one of uh, their matches towards the end of the season against Amazud. I mean, uh, 
the judge said, as far as he's concerned, that's not an urgent matter. So that's how, you know, the court of law look at uh, any other matter. So that's why it's a problem. So, uh, I mean, let's hope, you know what, I ask tomorrow they'll give a very positive uh, statement to say um, they are dropping everything. Because if you look at the money that they've spent so far, I mean, I suspect these guys have already spent over $7 million trying to defend this case. And that's, that's a lot of money. I mean, a team like uh, Highlands Park, they were relegated. They played in the NFD for a season they are back. Probably that's what I should be blaming by now, to try and retain the, some of their top players or the core of the team, because we all know the, 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 the grants that NFD teams get in the PSL team. You know, you, you save that money, you pay your players decent salaries to make them not leave the team, then you push, you play just for a couple of months or for the season, the following season you should be back. I think that's what the team should, should be planning, but it's not, I'm not the one who must make a call for the team. Let's wait and see what the pressure tomorrow at noon is going to announce. Okay, great stuff, Sifuzora Mara. You're clearly on top of this case. Thank you very much for your insight and for your clarity here. I think we've all got a better understanding of what is going on now. Thank you, Sifuzora Mara, SABC Sport Senior Reporter. This is SAFM Sport with Tabiso Musia. I, I do know that I said people can call in and weigh in on the conversation, but we've been discussing this matter now for a very long time, and it's really exhausting, folks. So let's let's not take calls on this one. Let's just move on to the next topic because it's just taking so long now. And uh, like Chico says here, he says that um, I'm slowly losing interest in this case. It will and will just shut down on this Ajax Ndoro matter. It is distracting people and excitement of football fans. Ajax should just save themselves legal costs, set up a team, decide on a coach, and go compete in the NFD. Yeah, regardless of which way you feel of whether who's right or who's wrong, it's just taking too long, and it should not be taking this long, folks. And I think we are all going to suffer now from Ndoro Gate and Ndoro Gate ex- exhaustion. But still a few tweets are coming through, and uh, I agree actually with that message from uh, from Chico who, who said, that I should just uh, take their L and move on and uh, so that we can move on with our football here. That's what a lot of people are saying on social media. But let the law take its course. And uh, somebody says, I think a deal has been struck here uh, prior to the proceedings this morning. That can only be the reason why Ajax withdrew without even talking to the media there. So uh, Ali reckons that the PSL and Ajax struck a deal. Uh, but from what we understand and the people that were in court, they're saying that when you read the body language of Ajax and the PSL, it doesn't seem like it's people that have struck a deal. You know, uh, the way that Ajax was so upset and was shocked by what happened in court today, um, they were really taking and a back and it wasn't something that they were expecting and Mpo says so the leave to appeal allows the PSL to go ahead and kick off as the status quo remains uh, stop isn't this the same principle Ike's used to play Ndoro it actually is because they were cleared by the PSL DRC to use Ndoro and that's why they went ahead uh, to go and use uh, Tendai Ndoro but hopefully we are nearing the end of this because people now want football but 
ultimately though somebody must be held accountable for this we cannot uh, administer our administrators cannot put us in this mess that's taken so long how a team supposed to prepare uh, for football and if Ajax are in the wrong they must also be called in for bringing the league into disrepute you know because the rules are clear in black and white you can't play for three clubs in one season and that's why we don't understand why this matter has taken so long because it seems like there's there's no ambiguity in that rule it is very clear as far as we all seem to understand it but let's move on now and let's talk about uh, the business of Football. I did mention earlier that uh, we'll talk about the business of focus on the business of f- professional football in South Africa and African football. And we are joined on the line by Dr. Mweke Musola, who wrote a thesis titled The Business of Sport Towards a Viable Business Model for the Management of Professional Football in Africa. Dr. Musola, good evening and thank you very much for your time and for joining us here on SAFM. Um, thank you very much uh, for having me tonight and uh, thank you very, uh, to the listeners. Firstly, just educate us about this thesis. Why did you choose sport and professional football in Africa to be specific? Well, there are three things that I'm very passionate about as a person. One is that uh, I'm the public servant. So I really believe in helping others. Uh, hence my professional work now as a city manager of the city of Tony. The second one is education, because I believe education is very, very important and indeed a tool that can take our people out of poverty. There are no shortcuts to life. And the third one is sports. Uh, sports has taught me a lot as a person. I played team sport. I played uh, football myself in high school and at university. And there are fundamental lessons that I learned as a sportsman. You know, discipline, for an example, you have to take care of your body because it's your tool that you trade with. Teamwork. It takes a team to score a goal. And today, as a leader, I lead a team of municipal workers who actually deliver services to people. And these are the skills that I learned from sport. That's really what inspired my work in terms of doing the work that I decided to do was really to follow my passion. Hmm. And I always really wondered why so many professional sporting teams in our country are financially not viable. They struggle, actually. If you look at cricket, two teams are successful commercially. If you look at uh, rugby, three teams maybe. If you look football, out of uh, 16 teams, you'd say really about three or four are commercially viable. Most of them are deadly. So I, it was really trying to answer that question. How can I then be able to come up with a solution to help teams that are struggling to be commercially viable? Because football is a very, very good business. Hence, the, the, the study that I conducted. And do you have background in the game as an administrator or in management? What I have done, actually, very interestingly, I have served on very, very many uh, committees as an administrator, in, in particularly in sport in our country. Um, I was uh, on the <coughs> uh, uh, FIFA World Cup organizing committee for our country in 2010. I must say, still one of the best, uh, you know, hosted uh, World Cup in the five minutes. So as a South African. Um, the, the second one was I was on the committee of cricket of hosting uh, the T20 championship that we hosted in South Africa. I think it was in 2012. Mm. I also served on SASCOC commercial committee. We raised money to send our uh, Olympic team uh, uh, to Beijing. In 2008, unfortunately, we know we didn't do very well there. But I really have played quite uh, senior and uh, administrative roles in professional football, both at the national level and in basically at the team level. 
So, yes, I have been quite involved in many different spaces. If my memory hasn't failed me, I think we've got one medal in Beijing from Khotso Mukwena. Um, if my memory is, is still right. Is that correct? Okay. The, the record that you try to forget, quite frankly. Okay, I'm not that old yet. Um, so how long does it put together such a great piece of work? I mean, I've been going through it. I'm not even done uh, through this thesis, but I've gone through it and it is really fascinating. How long does it take to put it together? It took me four years. Ooh. It took me four years to, to do this uh, in-depth in depth study. And uh, it was something quite interesting. You know, when you do a work like this, you have two models, which I'm going to try to explain in, in simple terms. You can either focus only on quantitative analysis, which is basically simply defined where you really look at the numbers and you analyze the numbers and you derive meaning out of those numbers and you come to conclusions. Or you can purely depend on interviews, where you interview people and based on the people's and the answers that you get of the professionals, then you are able to really draw some level of conclusion. But what I did in this study, I actually did both. I did both quantitative analysis and, and, and qualitative analysis because it was very important to understand fully, both based on the reports, financial reports of teams, but also on the views of the experts. Why is it the problem of commercialization of the business of sport in South Africa and in Africa it's so, so difficult so that I can be able to come up with better solutions to this. And my basically thesis then develops the African professional business model of managing a professional football on the African continent. Before we zoom into that business of professional football, maybe you can just give us a brief of the other aspects that you focused on because you did focus on a wide variety. There's also TV broadcasts and all sorts of things. Absolutely. So so we know, I mean, if you really are a, 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 a football follower, you will know that uh, the most successful team uh, league in the world today is the English league. And I'm not talking about on the pitch. Yes. Because that really can be uh, 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 adjunct. Yes. I'm talking about commission. They are the largest uh, uh, league by far. Just to give you the numbers, um, <clears throat> the, the, the total value of the English Premier League is 3.5 billion US dollars. That is huge. If you compare the same league with our league, which is the South African League, our total uh, uh, commission value of our league, of the PSL, it's only $70 million. So you're talking about $3.5 billion US dollars, which is 70 And we needed to understand why is it that the Premier League is commercially so successful. And there were some really, really interesting things. I mean, the, the, the television rights that they sell around the world are by far the most lucrative of any league in the world. In the Premier, uh, in the Premier League, as an example, they basically collect about... 1.7 billion of the total 3.5 billion US come from television rights. And also, the second very important part is sponsorship. So we found that they are able to really attract incredible, huge sponsorships that basically account for about 1 billion rand of the 3.5 billion. And then the next one is, of course, uh, they are averaging 95% attendance per match, the teams in the Premier League. Mm-hmm. And then as a result, the gate tanking, the money that they get from the gate, it's about a 900 uh, a million, um, a million pounds. So you can see sir, that uh, it's very, very important that you start to understand how does a professional team actually make money 
but most importantly, how do they stand it? And what are the factors that actually are important in controlling to be able to be a successfully well-managed team? Okay, after this quick break, we're going to bring it closer to home and focus mainly on South African and African football. If you've just joined us, we are talking to Dr. Mwekezi Musula, who's wrote uh, uh, this thesis here that we're talking about. is also the city manager at the city of Tswane, Metropolitan Municipality. And if you do want to have joined the conversation this time, you're welcome. 0891 SMS 40938, WhatsApp 0614104107 and hashtag here, there, and everywhere. SAFM 104.3 FM in Rustenburg. Leading the conversation, of course, right here on SAFM, spot on. Dr. Musola, now you mentioned uh, these uh, sources of revenues for this for, for the English Premier League, basically uh, attendance and TV rights and all of that. Um, is it the same? Are these the same source of revenues here at home? Are the clubs maximizes, maximizing this source of revenues here in South African football? Uh, that is a very, very important uh, part, uh, 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 what you are uh, asking. We find that actually there are similar sources of revenue at a global level, which is basically at, a, at an international level. However, and also those similar revenue, we see them in South Africa. But we see very, very interesting patterns. For an example, like, like in Europe, in our country, the, the, the largest contribution to football revenue is television. As you will know, in South Africa, the sports rights for the PSL is controlled by, by super sports. And uh, super sport, it is at least the paying to PSL, to, 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 to PSL over a five-year period, about five billion rand in television uh, uh, revenue. So that really contributes quite significantly uh, to, the, to, uh, to that. However, unlike in Europe, where gate revenue is very high because the attendance rate is so high, in South Africa, gate revenue are very low. Because there are really only two teams that really fill the stadium still in this country. Sadly, it's Cater Chiefs and Orlando Pirates. Mm. And for many, many other matches, the, the stadiums are virtually empty. That's one of the weaknesses. If you were to compare European football and South African football and why commercially some of these elements are not, uh, are not the same. Number two, even if you look at the television rights, in, in Europe, as in the PSL, the television rights are sold globally. That's why you and I are able to watch any Premier League on any given weekend. However, the South African television are largely sold for the South African market. And because it's only for the South African market, by definition, they would be very, very small. Whereas the European and the PSL, because they sell them globally, they, you know, they are almost 100% bigger than those hours, even if you correct for the exchange rate between the rents. And, uh, and, 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 and the pound. So, yes, our league is doing relatively well. We are number 20 in the world in terms of value. But there is no question about it that PSL has done well. But we are nowhere where we can be. The PSL can still drive this at least to be in the top 10 in the world. And why is that? Why are we not where we are supposed to be? What is, what is lacking? There, there are a couple of, of things that I have mentioned which are quite obvious. Uh, in, the, in, in, in my thesis. You know, one of the successes 
in Europe is that there is a lot of encouragement that the teams have a local support. So if you take Supersport as an example, because Supersport, I talk about it in my report. Yes. It's a very interesting case for us because Supersport, there was a time when they won the league almost three times, times in the space of five years. Yeah. But they, they, they hardly even attract a quarter of the stadium for their matches despite their success. And, and part of that is that Supersport is not necessarily seen, whether we like it or not, as a local team by the people of Atreville. So it's very, very important that when we develop teams, that we encourage the element of local support. So in the Europe, most of the teams are supported first locally, and then they will have uh, 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 supporters elsewhere in the country. That's number one. Number two, rivalries. Building rivalries is critical to football success. I mean, we talk about El Clasico. We talk about, uh, you know, the Man, Man United City, uh, 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 you know, uh, uh, rivalry. Yes. In our country, we talk about Orlando Pirates and, uh, and, and Kaiser Chiefs rivalry. We need to build those rivalries. And I've seen APSA starting to do that this year. Uh, APSA, for example, they are encouraging rivalry between Supersport and Mamelodi Sundowns. Yes. And, and even in Limpopo. Yeah, it's very important. The Limpopo one between Barocca and Polokwane City. And, 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 of course, in Cape Town, we saw last year the battle between, uh, you know, Ajax and Cape Town City, where actually Cape Town City as a new team beat Ajax twice as, an, as a new arrival, creating a very, very interesting setup for a rivalry in the city of Cape Town, despite what's going on with Ajax now. So the, the issue of rivalry is important. Number three, the clubs need to understand that it is not a nice to have to have fans. The fans are your customers. And if you don't treat your customers properly, they are going to leave or they are going to vote on their feet and they will stay home if they do not believe that the entertainment that you are providing is basically get and actually satisfy them for the money that they pay. And we still, as teams in our country, treating fans as if they're doing us a favor. No, they are not. They are paying their heart and back. People who follow football in our country are, are poor people. Miners, you know, get 1,500. For them to pass with 80 rands for a month for a football and to pay transport to leave where they live to go watch a match, it's a big task. So the teams have to make sure that the fans are actually taken care of. And we've seen European teams doing very well and understanding and respecting their fans. Yes. And I'm glad you touched on that because a couple of years ago when the ticket price increased from 20 rand to 40 rand, the fans were up in arms. A lot of people could not, uh, well, some people that weren't following football couldn't understand why fans are complaining by a 20 rand rise of a ticket price. But it was a 100% increase and fans were saying that we spend so much money going to the stadium and having to buy food there that now you're increasing the ticket price by 100%. It is not fair, but it still continued. And we're going to take another quick break, but I want to go back to the issue of the fans uh, because you also touch, you, you, you make a very good point in your thesis which I want to engage you on uh, Dr. Musala but we have to take a quick break Call Tabiso now 0891 104 207
So many uh, mess- messages coming through. Someone says, uh, good evening, great interview with Dr. Musola. Congratulations to the doc for his PhD and for encouraging others to study further in order to serve people better. That's from Dr. Phil Mahuma, a family physician there, also a staff member at the University of Pretoria. Uh, Dr. Musola, you were mentioning how the clubs must not take the fans for granted. And one of the things I picked up from your thesis, you were saying that uh, clubs must develop tools to engage their fans. What are these tools that you refer to. It's very important. One obvious tool is merchandise, the, the club T-shirt. So I want to show you how a lot of teams in our country lose money. Now, we are now at the beginning of the season. You'll see a lot of teams are unveiling new changes. If you go and find out the price of those changes, on average, you will part with 900 trends on average. Yeah. For somebody who's earning 2500 a month, that is a no-no. So the price of the jerseys in South Africa are totally out of kilter with the market that they are supposed to sell. So what's happening then, the people, which is small businesses, they go and copy and basically develop non-official replicas and they sell them at each rent and people buy those. And as a result, the value that should be accrued to the team, if they were selling their merchandise at the right price, is basically not end up going to the team and end up in the end signs of small medium enterprises. So the teams in, in our country, in South Africa, you cannot be selling a team jersey like you're selling a European market. Understand your fans. Most of your fans earn 2,500 rand. They are not going to afford a 900 rand jersey. That's number one. And, and, and a jersey is a tool of engagement because it shows pride and when people show their color. You know, number number two, in terms of uh, in terms of engagement, you mentioned it, the pricing of the game. You know, Liverpool last year, at the beginning of the season, they increased their uh, tickets by about fifteen pounds. There was a riot in Liverpool. The club management reversed the decision of the increases to the previous year's prices. Teams have to listen to their fans and have to engage them. And paying a price is important. Number three, the issue of traffic. You know, oh. if you're gonna, if it's gonna take you two hours to get into the stadium, and two hours out of the stadium, and you spend 90 minutes, another two hours watching the match, that is just six hours around the stadium. Nobody wants to do that. Yep. People are busy. People will have at least three hours to go to get to the stadium and back and go on with their life. I cannot understand why we are not taking care for the, of, of the customers in this, in this country. You go to a match, it's as if we are hosting a match for, for the first time. Yeah. We need to be efficient in how we control parking, we control access in and out. And lastly, of course, the issue of football safety. And we saw the ugly things in the last, in the last uh, uh, match. Now, in the study I talk about, it's very important to understand that parents take their kids to the match as a form of family entertainment. And if there's going to be a riot with your children, and you, nobody is going to want to expose their children to that, and that's why parents stay home with their kids. And that's why even parents won't even allow their kids to go on their own if they think there's going to be a violence at the stadium. Management of our professional sport has to change. We cannot continue to manage football as if we are managing it from the back of the car. It is a hundred billion a, a, a rent industry and we need to start managing professionally. And that's really what my study and the model start to say.
says, take care of your fans, make sure that they are your customers, make sure that you provide good entertainment, and they will reward you by buying all the services that you send as a team. Well, I know a lot of people, Dr. Musola, who've stopped going to high-profile matches just because of how long it takes to get there. I'm actually one of those people. There was a game I went to last season where I could see FNB Stadium. I was on Nazareth Road, but it took me two hours to get to the stadium, and I missed the first 30 minutes. And and I was with, with a kid who was seven years old, and I told myself, but I can't put him through this. And a lot of people also feel like that. And, and safety for me is a big issue. I mean, two people died last year at the Carling Black Label Cup. We still don't know why. We still haven't got an investigation or inquiry into that, uh, which means that we can't avert it from happening again in the future because we don't know the reasons. And, it, and that's why people were hashtagging when that incident happened, that black lives don't matter. People don't care about the lives of the football fans that attend these matches. We've got a call from Loazi in, in Pretoria. Loazi, uh, good evening and thank you for joining mm-hmm. us. What's your comment? Oh, hello, Tabiso. How are you? Fine, thanks, Loazi. Yeah, thanks. Oh, by the way, thanks to the guest there. I think he has some, some good ideas ne? and he sees more or less the same way I do. But uh, I think the main reason why, I think even the, the Japanese league is now uh, uh, making more money and, uh, and attracting players such as Iniesta and even the Eredivisie in Netherlands and so forth. If you look at the biggest leagues in the world, the majority of them, especially in the top 10, they have either 18 or 20 teams. Now, what this means is that they play more soccer. Now, when there are more matches, first of all, the broadcasters broadcast more matches, either on radio or on television. Now, what that does is that it gives more exposure to the team, more exposure to the players. And when a person or a club gets more exposure for soccer, whether it's in tennis, soccer, or any other sport, it attracts more sponsors to those clubs and to those teams, I mean, and to those players. And when that happens, is that they make more money. Now, the more money the, the teams make, the more money they can pay the players. The more money the players make, the less likely they are to leave South Africa. And that means we get, we get to retain even the quality players. And when that happens, it improves the quality of our soccer. When our quality is soccer, that is a cycle. It means that more people uh, attract or will come to the teams. Because let's be honest, when we look at South African soccer, our top goal scorers last season only scored 11 to 13 goals somewhere there. And that is, that is equivalent to what a midfielder in Europe scores. Now, that is, that is Pismar. Now, we have to improve, we have to increase the number of games so that this team can play 34 or 38 games in a season. So we need to improve the number of games. Well, a couple of, of, of weeks ago, Jomo Sono says, said they will never increase the number of teams from 16 because those 16 teams want to keep the money within themselves and not share it with the other teams. And uh, Brajay said that that is the only reason why they won't increase uh, the teams. We have to take another quick break. At SAFM Radio and at Tabiso Musia on Twitter. Still talking to Dr. Muketsu Musola. Doc, I don't know if you want to uh, weigh in on the one of the 16 teams. Actually, very interesting. I mean, uh, you know, um, our, our data does not actually uh, support the theory that the number of teams matters. What actually does matter, we found when we did the analysis, it's what we call competitive balance. So let me try to, to explain what competitive balance is. Competitive balance as a theory, I use that. If Tabiso has to leave the comfort of his living room that is air-conditioned to embark on a trip to go to a stadium, one of the most aspects that encourages him to do so is the fact that he must not be sure and know what the outcome of the match is going to be. So the uncertainty of outcome of a match is important. 
The reason why people go and fill the stadium when Pirates play Chiefs is because on any given day, any of those teams can win. So it is not an obvious outcome all the time. But we know that, for example, if the same team, one of those teams, uh, played with one of the smaller teams in our country without being disrespectful, if you take Polokwane City, for example, more often than not, statistics show that Kaiser Chiefs will win that match more than Polokwane City. And if Tavisio knows that, you know, Kaiser Chiefs is going to go and win, so why should he go? He will just stay, stay home and watch it on TV at home. Mm. Now, that means the PSL has to make sure that the 16 teams that are in the top league are competitive so that the outcome of a game between Kaiser Chiefs and Mamelodi Sundowns, as we know, it's, it's not predictable. And that's why you see those matches well attended. So the competitive balance of our Premier League is very weak. It is only good for about four teams. The other 12 teams on any given teams, when they are paired against the four top teams, they lose. So the competitive balance is the most important one that determines the attendance of a match. Now, the issue that is being raised is that uh, <clears throat> these things, if they are not taken care of, even though they look like they are off the, 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 you know, off the pitch, if you like, yes. they impact the business commerciality of a football professional club. Now, you mentioned, Dr. Musala, the importance of customers in terms of fans and giving them the best service. Yes. What about the quality of the service itself, being the football on the pitch? How important is that? That's exactly what I'm talking about, competitive balance. So people go to Kaiser Chiefs and Orlando Pirates match, pay Kaiser Chiefs, uh, Sundown, Sundown Pirates, uh, 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 because of the quality of the football that they expect and also because they know that the outcome can go anyway. So you are absolutely right. The quality of football on the pitch is important. And people do care what they watch. And now football is a very interesting thing because you can only read from a, a view of the match while you are watching it. You know, you, you, you're not going to say that, hey, I'm going to watch a great game. I mean, a great game unfolds before your eyes. So you need to understand what you are actually your business is and to make sure that every match, the quality of football is of highest, highest quality. For the sake of time, I'm going to have to move faster. What about marketing? Because some clubs don't even have marketing budgets. And it goes with a question from Matilda here who wants to know whether this, during the study did you find out uh, who the marketing managers of football are because people only know Jessica Mutawong. Do they have marketing pro- programs and budgets? Oh, that's a very good question. One of the things that I did, the analysis I did, I did an analysis of the chief executive officers of professional teams in, in, in England, in Europe, and the qualifications of uh, professional uh, managers in our country. It, it was very interesting. You, know, you find that in, in Europe, most of these guys are highly qualified. They are accountants. They, are sports, uh, uh, they have degrees in sports management. Uh, so these are highly qualified people. They have degrees in marketing and in sales. And uh, obviously, I mean, I don't need to tell you that in our country, unfortunately, that is not the, the case. Yeah. So qualifications in managing football as a business are important. And our leaders in sport in South Africa need to wake up to that reality. You can't just take somebody because he's your son to run a team for you if they do not have the right skills to be able to improve the quality on the ground. And I'm saying this with all the respect, because it's quite important to make this point that uh, 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 they do matter qualification. 
In terms of marketing, marketing infrastructure, one of the challenges that you will see now with the new changes being unveiled, a lot of people around the country are struggling to find them because there is no marketing infrastructure or retail stores in the area where they live to be able to go and buy these jerseys. Some people have to move from rural areas to come to Houghton to buy a soccer jersey. Come on. Surely, we should be able to bring it back to them and we must make it easy for the fans to have, to have, to have access. How people buy tickets is important. We buy airtime today from any gas station in the country. The same system can be used yeah. to sell a ticket, by the way. So there is no reason why. So you don't have to take a taxi and go to ShopRite and check us or compute ticket to go get your ticket. You can do it on your That's phone. A it's a problem. Yeah. The more we make it hard for people to spend the money, the more it's going to take us a long time to commercialize a business of sports in our country. So once you understand that the, 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 the fan is such a very integral and important part of the business model, and that the more you make it easy for them to spend their money for you on your club while you are entertaining them at the same time and giving them value, they will do it happily. Dr. Mwekezi Musola, we really appreciate your insight today and sharing us, uh, sharing with us your thesis. I think we're very naive to think that we could do this in 40 minutes. We, there's so much to talk about from what I read from your thesis and there's so much that I wanted to ask you about exactly why we're not attending stadiums because we are told that we are seeing all the matches on TV. That's why people don't go. And also the failure of some of the big clubs. If, if a club like Chiefs doesn't win a trophy for three seasons in a row, how much does that affect them financially and also the issues of stadiums the clubs don't own any stadiums i think part two is due okay luyolo the producer has confirmed that part two is due we will set it up and we'll invite you again so just to go through uh, the rest of this thesis but it is wonderful stuff and there's so much reaction here and people are enjoying the conversation but we are out of time thank you very much for joining us thank you for being such a great host bye-bye Thank you, sir, Dr. Mukherjee. Emmanuel Musula there, the business of sport towards a viable business model for the management of professional football in Africa. I've got over 200 pages here in front of me that I've been reading uh, this week, and there's still so much more um, that we have to talk about, like I said, uh, but we'll do a part two. We've confirmed that with Loyolo. That's where we'll leave our show for now. Up next will be Mr. Ashraf Gada and the guest on The Viewpoint is uh, the Limpopo Premier, uh, Stan Matabata. There'll be more sport in the morning with Zai Khan on Sunrise with Stephen Hrotis. A great show there uh, between 6 and 9. Don't miss uh, that one if you want to know what is happening in the country. And uh, always feel free to email us, the sports department, on sport at safm.co.za. Tomorrow is Flashback Friday as we all always do on a Friday. Uh, we go back in time and we speak to our sporting stars of yesteryear or we look back at historic moments in South African sport and tomorrow will be no different right here on SAFM Sport On. Remember tomorrow we are on an hour earlier between 6 and 7 so don't miss uh, the show. Uh, my name is Tabisa Musia. Thank you to Luyolom Kalipi, uh, Babalam Duma and Tabucho Khadebe on social media. News is next.